This episode of The Jake is brought to you by MVI Home Care. Our primary concern is your health and well-being. MVI is built on integrity, respect, communication, confidentiality, and teamwork. We are committed to providing comprehensive, high-quality home health, hospice, and infusion therapy services in a safe, responsible, and cost-effective manner. Our goals and yours are the same. Your care and well-being are our primary focus. This episode is also being dedicated to my Uncle Jay, godfather who we lost this past weekend due to complications from an infection. Uncle Jay, we miss you, we love you, and we hope you're looking down on us. This one's for you, buddy. Welcome back to the Jake, everybody. This is episode 11, the Ken Dorsey slash Ty Detmer episode. Combined 0-5 starters for the Browns. Five career starts. Ty Detmer was expected to do a little bit better. Dorsey was never really supposed to be part of the plan. Uh, He was one of those third stringers that was thrown into the fire like we've seen oh so many times. But not enough about that. This is actually not a Browns-related episode. This is the OBX episode. I'm down here. This is July 6th, Thursday, July 6th, recording from Kill Devil Hills in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, where I'm at my family's 34th annual Brainy Family Vacation. And the last 28, 29 years or so have been down here in the Outer Banks before it was down in whether it was Delaware or even southern New Jersey. My family started by my grandparents on my dad's side, and him and his seven brothers and sisters would join up and go down 4th of July week and uh, do a vacation together. And ever since the first year when it was just one kid, it's now grown to (laughs) like 17 kids, and some are married, and some even have more, you know, there are great-grandchildren here now. We have six great-grandkids that are here. So it's been a pretty awesome week. You gotta love seeing your family this much. I mean, I'm really close to my cousins. I know a lot of people aren't as fortunate to have such a big family. And this, uh, this is always such a great reminder of how great it is to have an awesome family like this. And uh, you know, I have to thank every all my cousins and my aunts and uncles for listening to and downloading the Jake podcast. This is uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'm having a great time doing this and. Uh, and now, from last week, we now have shirts in. Uh, I got two shirts, a long sleeve and a short sleeve, the Jake podcast shirts. And uh, I will list on Instagram how you can get one. Uh, and there will even be a free shirt giveaway. Not too many, but um, if you want one, we'll, uh, I'll get away for you to get them. So uh, follow on Instagram at jakerbaker58 
or follow hashtag the Jake on Instagram and uh, I will tell you how you, to get a shirt if you're so interested. So yeah, that's where I'm at. You can see uh, I've had a pretty good 4th of July. Hope everyone else has. Uh, came down to the OBX uh, a day late so my sister and I could actually go to my neighbor's party, uh, Tom Scotto, Mike, John, KK Scotto, and Mr. and Mrs. Scotto. They host a 4th of July party every year, and usually this is one we miss because uh, we're down here at the Outer Banks, and theirs is usually while we're down here. Sometimes we're fortunate that it's the day we return, so I'm able to go to the big party the day I get back from the vacation, but oftentimes I'm missing it. You know, Growing up, I always miss this party. And uh, it wasn't exactly like the kid party it is now, where it's dominated by you know people in their 20s. But uh, growing up, I still miss this. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to go the last couple of years, whether it was just timing or the fact that you know the vacation was delayed uh, uh, a week a few years ago. And this year, my sister and I were like, look, we can, we can make this drive ourselves. My parents went down on Friday night and stayed over in Virginia and then did the rest of the drive Saturday morning, which is something we've done for years. But, um, you know, we thought we can do this if we wanted to leave early Sunday morning. So we did. Uh, we woke up a little bit later than we originally planned, but we still got down here pretty quickly. Didn't face any traffic. Um, did, <laughs> did have some interesting stops on the way. Uh, there are some questionable gas stations if you have to fill up in Dixieland and uh, Southern Virginia and Northern North Carolina that are a bit uh, questionable characters, but you know, we got there and now we're here. We're having a blast. As you can see, if you follow me on Snapchat, we've been having a great time. And uh, last week I did a top five where we previewed what to do on your vacation. You know, what you like doing Beach activities was the main focus, but it was something that I was looking to do down here. And I mentioned wiffle ball, you know, Canjan came up. Um, I really like just you know, like the wave crashing, which is just like running into the waves, you know, trying to just catch balls, uh, napping, tanning. Uh, but the big one, my number one, was a fire pit, like a late night fire pit, beers and hanging out with your buddies and. We actually did that the other night on the 4th of July. We stayed up till, I mean, there was a few of us that stayed up till like, like 3.30, 4 o'clock, but most of us were, were done by like 2. But there were 14 of us that took some tiki torches to the beach, some beach chairs, a cooler of beers, filled up a couple pitchers of beers, and just basically hanging around. It was awesome. And this is exactly what you go on vacation for, those late nights where you just hang out with the cousins. And we had a bigger crowd than we thought. It was, this is what you do it for. And that's why it's my number one. You know, it wasn't exactly a fire pit, but the tiki torches, you're able to spread the light and kind of, you know, make it a bigger crowd, bigger circle. And, and that was really cool. It's, it's why it was my number one. And, uh, yeah, and we've... Uh, and it was just the end of a great 4th of July. We, from, uh, there was some fishing going on on Monday where my dad was one of the participants and also my Uncle Carl, my Aunt Noreen, and my cousins Josh and Brian and uh, my cousin Tony all went out on the, on the boat and caught 11 tuna, which was added up to, I think it was like 460 pounds of tuna. 
but when you cut it all down and cut all the guts and face and all that stuff off, it turned into about 165, 170 pounds of tuna steak to eat. So that was basically our 4th of July, which was great. And, uh, and I actually broke out my dad's smoker. It was the inaugural smoker. Um, the first time ever we're using my dad's. We've used my cousin Brian's in the past, but um, this was the first time using my dad's Father's Day gift, which was this electric smoker where we smoked tuna, and I made a smoked tuna fish dip, and it was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, I don't like tooting my own horn often, but this this fish dip was dynamite. It was pretty sweet. And uh, but so a big shout out to all the guys that were fishing and got that for us, and a super big shout out to early MVP candidate uh, Brian Blazik who stayed up on Monday till like two and three in the morning. Three, I think three o'clock was the was the time that they said he was up till, drinking, having fun with everybody, and yet getting up at four fifteen, ready to roll for the fishing trip. And bagged three tunas. Like what? A, what a move by Brian. I mean, that's MVP performance right there. He had to head back for work early on this trip, but I mean, that's something else right there. Not to mention having two kids on vacation. So MVP candidate Brian Blazik early on. Uh, another MVP candidate. Shout out to uh, Uncle Jerry who goes down basically every morning, fights the crowd on the beach, and sets up two tents, three umbrellas, and about eight or nine chairs. So that we basically have our beach spot because usually we don't have to fight for it. But there's this beach replenishment thing going on that we've been competing with uh, for space. So there's been a lot of pipes and all that stuff going on that a lot of people are going to push down to our area of the beach. So shout out to Uncle Jerry for getting up and doing that all early because, you know, it's a it's a real estate game once you're down here. And you really want that oceanfront view and everything like that if you're going to be down here. And we're a quick walk to the beach. We have a boardwalk that goes right from the beach to our house. And we're in this pool. There are there are 40 people in this house right now. And it's I mean, it's absolutely wild at the at the max. We had a couple people that I had to leave early, but 40 people. Next year we'll be going into a house that has 20 bedrooms. And it's it's come a long way this trip from, you know, just the seven couples that started this with our grandparents. And now to just an absolute mayhem of a house to a point where we almost thought we might need to get two houses, like neighboring houses. I think that might have been a little much, but the 20-bedroom house is something else. This is going to be a wild, wild trip next year, too. And we're going to even have more. Um, you know, Marissa's pregnant, so she'll have another kid on the way. Who knows who will be engaged? And then at that point, when you're engaged... Uh, the fiance is allowed to come on the trip. We might have another two there. So this is uh, this is big. We're even expanding more and more, and it's gonna be more and more each year. So it's this is pretty great to be down here, and uh, happy to be recording from the Outer Banks. Thought I thought I might uh, go a different route by having a lot of co-hosts on, but you know I figured I'd be better off doing like a recap, kind of like a to sit down and talk about what's gone on vacation. So uh, that way to not really be sloppy and mess it up because I'm sloppy as it is. I don't really need a lot of other uh, things going on where I don't know how to handle it and stuff like that. So, but back to 4th of July. 
after all the fishermen brought back, you know, 170 pounds of tuna, smoking the tuna, you know, eating tuna steaks for dinner. There was uh, some seafood tuna ceviche that uh, my uncle Tim my uncle, and uh, cousin Tony made. We we were all fished out, but during the day, I um, if you didn't see me on Instagram or on whatever on Snapchat, uh, I was dressed head to toe like the American flag. Being the patriot, you know, dressing up, ready to roll for the red, white, and blue. And being that, I'm just sitting on the beach and someone came up to me and asked if Uncle Sam, me, would be interested in <laughs> in judging a sandcastle competition. Yeah, so I said, absolutely, of course. This is like the number one thing I do. Like, of course, why Why are you even asking? I'm, I'm on my way. And my cousin Dean was like, yeah, you wanted us to judge you again? All right, because we had some, some different people coming down. This was uh, different neighbors. But appreciate the Sandcastle competition. This was... Uh, this was a pretty cool thing that they did, and uh, it was a it was a tight race. Uh, ended up giving it to a guy that had a, a round moat around his uh, his castle with a bridge that went over the moat. That was the deciding factor on uh, the sandcastle competition because everyone incorporated shells, and uh, there were a few that didn't have the uh, the architectural eye that we were looking for. And we really bring it down to two that had both arch good architecture, good idea, um, it was clean, the, the shells were involved, moats were involved, but the bridge over the moat was very detailed and very, it was very specific. It was, it was, it was almost a perfect castle. So uh, we gave it to uh, Castle Grish. Uh, and I think the guy's name was uh, something Hoover whatever um but a lot of fun the fact that they just came over and i said hey you know would you be interested in in judging our sandcastle competition like yeah of course that's that's what i'm always doing I, i'm that's i'm that type of guy so that was pretty sweet and you know maybe it's something that we do next year you know we kind of stopped doing all the games and stuff like we haven't played any games this year we didn't even do any like drinking games just yet and, we used to do a lot of card games and a lot of different, like, like you know, after-dinner family games. We would go to movies, do go-karting, all these different types of events. And we kind of just uh, stopped doing some of those things. And we've really spent a lot of time just hanging together, which, hey, nobody is complaining about. That's what I love to do the most. So I don't mind that at all. But something like a sandcastle competition, this is something that we can, we can take and make it our own, too. So... Uh, shout out to the Hoovers for, for maybe implanting a pretty good future idea for us. This is uh, something where we can go with. Okay, so that was our Fourth of July. It was uh, it was a, it was another great day. It's been 94, and sunny basically every day here, and uh, haven't had to complain too much about the weather. There's been a little bit of rain each day but it's usually late afternoon. And uh, to be honest, I don't hate the rain. I don't mind it at all. I love when we have the nice like beach shower that everyone else runs off the beach for, but the people that like us that really want to just stay out there and enjoy it, we're all wearing our swimsuits. Who cares if we get a little rain? And uh, jumping in the pool when it's raining is one of 
one of like the top vacation things to do. Um, as long as you're avoiding the thunder and lightning, you know, to be, you know, don't be an idiot. But if there's no thunder and lightning, the pouring down rain on the beach when you're in the ocean or pouring down rain and you're jumping into the pool, that's, that's another really great memory of, of, of vacation. And we haven't had that in a couple years. Uh, I think it, I think we're going to be done with the rain this week, but uh, even if we were to get it, uh, that's something that'd be pretty sweet. Uh, you know, you always love that. It's another just long time vacation memory of mine that I'd love to have. But this week, also saw a couple movies. Um, was planning on doing the Jaws movie review, which that'll be next week because I'll be watching that either tomorrow or the next day. So we'll do Jaws movie review next week. Um, saw War Dogs. And War Dogs I thought was pretty good. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Pain and Gain, uh, where it was like a true story that you didn't really know much about, where they kind of said like these guys that weren't really great guys. They're kind of like bad guys, but you know, with, they made them seem you know sympathetic in the movie. Uh, so that's why it kind of reminded me of Pain and Gain. But uh, it was a pretty cool movie. But that's not what I'm reviewing. This week we are reviewing the John Wick double feature. That is right. So earlier this week, someone brought up that John Wick 2 came out and how awesome John Wick was. And I was like, guys, to be honest, I've never seen John Wick. So obviously everyone was like, dude, really? Come on. Like, yeah, and yes, we were always watching Point Break, which, so we're all big Keanu Reeves fans. And I've been told by a couple of my friends, uh, Pat and Brian, that John Wick is just like a movie right up my alley that I got to see. And I was like, all right, yep, you're right. I got to see it, especially if I want to see the second one, which seemed really cool in in the the trailer. So I was like, all right, shit, I got to find a way to see these movies. And John Wick, they were absolutely right. This is right up my alley. Okay, so one minute movie review of the John Wick double feature right now. First of all, didn't love that it had to start with them killing his dog. Like I know a lot of people joke about in the in the you know talking about the movie like oh yeah it's just about this guy who they kill his dog and you know he goes ape shit on everybody it's like true they did kill his dog he did go ape shit on him but they didn't just kill his dog you know you're you're not paying attention they they basically took something from him you know it could have been you know a marble that they stole from him he was already unhinged from his wife's death and this dog represented the love he had with his wife and the fact that it was hope for a better life even after she was gone. Okay, so that's why I think people are missing the boat on the John Wick, like, you killed my dog. Like, I, I get it. I, I know it's a little corny, but this is a, a deeper meaning in a movie that didn't have a lot of deeper meaning. So that's one part of it. The other part is John Wick is not the movie where you go in looking for the intellectual, deep meaning movies, okay? This is a Fast and Furious, you know, Fast 8 movie where you turn off your brain, you go in, and you just enjoy it. Because some of these lines were absolutely cheesy, they were hilarious, but when you just go in to watch for the action and the fighting and the kill shots and the headshots and the double taps and all that, it is a phenomenal movie. Like, wow. It had one scene where it was probably the best like kill scene I've ever seen. It was just John Wick going into a club, basically just taking out bodyguards and security left and right, just 
shooting in the knee, shooting in the head, just like he had a routine of basically like, I'm going to injure you, then I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to make sure you're dead. This was this was a wild movie. It was, <laughs> it was so cool. So that was the first one. And it ended, and we were like, there's, you know, it's 11.55. It's about midnight, and we're like, there's no fucking way we're not watching the second one right now. So John Wick 2 comes in. Now, John Wick 2 got a little plotty. I think they went a little bit too deep. They didn't need to get all into, like, oh, the code of the assassins and all this. But, like, it was still pretty wild, pretty awesome, and pretty fucking entertaining. Because John Wick, the body count went up, I think, 50%. And he was the same old John Wick. Like, just getting in there. He was in a church murdering people. He was in an art gallery just shooting shit down. And he was, he's an awesome character. He's probably one of my favorite action characters after last night's five hours of watching John Wick. Um, it's, it's a great two movies if you can just afford to turn off your brain and watch a movie and just enjoy it, okay? Some people don't like that. Some people don't like those TV shows like, you know, reality TV or the, you know, The Bachelor. Like, I watch The Bachelor, all those shows because I just turn off my brain and I let myself get entertained, which is now why I understand why people watch the Kardashians. So I can no longer criticize people who watch E! and all those reality shows because I get it now. All right, I get that everybody has that show where they just turn off your brain, don't think about it, just watch and enjoy it. Okay, the same is for WWE, you know? Don't get into it. Don't be like, oh, they're faking. Oh, they're, no, just turn off your brain. Just turn off your brain watch it and enjoy it if you enjoy that type of stuff whether it's racing movies whether it's wrestling whether it's reality tv or it's just action and killing and mindless viewing everyone needs their escape okay not everything can be overthinking and deep philosophical thought out plots okay not everything is created equal in that regards and not, and not always i don't always want that Okay, sometimes, you know, sometimes I need that, like, fuck yeah moment in, in TV or in movies, you know, in this case. So I totally get it. Everybody should have that type of mindless viewing, whether it's TV or movies. So John Wick, John Wick 2, I'm going to say the first one was better because it was a little less plotty and it was true to the whole... Like, we don't give a shit. We know it's not great. Just enjoy it. You know, the second one, they got a little bit more plotty and wanted to incorporate more shit. Didn't need to do that. But both races, both are must-sees. Um, if you have a chance to see it in, like, a home movie theater like we did last night, that's how I suggest watching this. Because you want to be able to just, you know, yell and crack up and, and enjoy the movie without, you know, also you want the big surround sound and all that shit. So John Wick, John Wick 2, Aces, 10.0 across the board. Like, no no question whatsoever. This is one of my favorite action movies. Um, and I'm really excited because, you know, they, they could easily make another or two or three of these movies and it would still be, like, just awesome. <laughs> I, I love it. So, outside of killing the dog, I fucking hate movies where they kill the animal. Even, like, even when it's, you know, obvious that there's, no actual harming of animals and stuff like that. I still hate movies where they do that. I don't know. It just strikes a chord with me. That's one of my soft spots is animal. Um, 
I don't, you know, what, like my dog Skip. It's like, no, fuck that. I don't want, no, 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 no. You show, you see the kid growing up. You see the dog getting old. I'm like, no, fucking turn off the movie. I cry every time my dog Skip comes on. I'm even like thinking about it now. I'm like, this fucking sucks. No, don't you kill that fucking dog. And they always do. And always, it's it's the heart engine one. You know, I am legend. They kill the dog. I'm like, God damn it. Don't do that. That's that's always a tough one. Don't don't kill the dog, uh, especially since it was like this cute puppy vehicle in this one. I'm like God damn it, that's a good one. So yeah, so that was my one minute movie review. I think this one was six minutes long, something like that. So we'll work on on chopping that down a little bit. But before we go, I'll give you a little story of the OBX. Uh, you know, because every year we're down here, there's a new story to bring back home. And this one's one of the most legendary tales. Um, we'll go back. This was, I don't know, probably like 12, 13 years ago when we used to go go-karting all the time. And now my family knows which story I'm going, going into right now. And uh, usually the last day or two, we try and do something like jet skiing, mini golf, go-kart, whatever. Just a fun activity to get the kids out of the house. And, and this one was... My dad basically taking as many of us as possible to the go-karting. And there's a big group of us, uh, but the major key players in this one was my older cousin Josh, who is now 32. He's, he's four years older than me. And uh, my younger cousin Albert, who's I think like four years, maybe three years younger than me. Now Albert and I get along really well now, but back then Albert was... Uh, pain in the fucking ass. I mean, this kid, he knows it too. So I'm not, I mean, everybody in this family knows that Albert and Jacob had their quarrels and, uh, we haven't always seen eye to eye. Now we do. We're buddies, but back then we were not. And Josh, Josh was, is, has, and always been one of my close cousins as well. And he also likes to, uh, I guess, poke the bear and maybe, uh, you know, test limits of stuff like that. So, um, so that's another side of it. And, uh, and my dad was the other major key player in here. So we're, we're on the go-karts and I'm not exactly the fastest go-kart driver. Maybe that's because I'm a lot bigger than everyone else that's out there. Um, you know, and this was when I was like 12, 13 years old, something like that. So I was a little bit bigger than my cousin Albert, who's flying around the track and he likes taunting people and he likes really, you know, like getting under my skin and everything like that, which is, you know, shocker, right? That somebody likes getting under my skin and, and that I let it happen. But as Albert's flying by us, Josh and I are like, yo, let's, we're not letting him pass us anymore. Let's, let's go. So he's about to fly by us one more time and Josh traps him. And then I trap him on the other side. So now we're kind of cornering him in. And my dad's like watching us and he's laughing and he's telling us to like bang, you know, hit Albert into the sides. And we're like, yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll do that. Reminder, there's a strict no bumping policy. I say bumping because these are Russians that are running these courses. And they say, right foot, go, left foot, stop, no bumping. And then you, you go. That's it. There's three directions. And then they tell you when to stop. Now, we're going around. We're bumping a lot. Bumping so much into Albert from both sides and we hit him into the railing and I'm behind him and Josh is in front of him and we're hitting the railing so much that Albert's bumper comes off of his go-kart. Now he's still going. There are sparks flying. Everything's breaking apart. We're, we're losing our minds here. 
Albert and Josh get away. And then this guy jumps on top of my go-kart and stops me. Pull the vehicle over! Pull the vehicle over! And I'm I'm scared now because this guy, have you ever seen Airbud? He's the bad guy in Airbud, the weird looking clown where he's like bald on the top, but he has like the rim, like Saturn ring hair around the side of his head. He has like this red beard, but like was like cigarette burn marks in his beard. It's really hard to explain, but it was a very scary sight. And he had like, he was shirtless underneath overalls that had like oil stains all over him. He came running out of like a shed where it seemed like he had been fixing a go-kart for like the last 48 hours. And he comes running out, he jumps on my go-kart, tells me to pull, pull the vehicle over. And I'm, I'm scared at this point because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Meanwhile, it, Josh started it, my dad was provoking it, and Albert was the reason for it. I was just the one that was caught. So, you know, that, you know, we have some disagreements on whose fault it was, but, you know, everyone remembers the story as the one, you know, Jake fucked up and Jake got caught, which is kind of true, but whatever. Pull the vehicle over. And I pull over. Son, what the hell are you doing? And I'm looking at him like, I'm just like, uh, 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 I don't know. I'm staring at him like, I don't know. You're driving like a crazy person. And I'm still just like, oh my God, what, this, what the fuck is this guy going to do? And then he starts crying. He starts literally looking at me. He's like crying. And then just points to, to the, the track to get off. He goes, get out of the vehicle. Get out of the vehicle. And he's like starting to cry now. And now I'm just like, Dad, get me the fuck out of here. What is this guy doing? Unbuckle my seatbelt. I like run off the course. I'm like, let's get out of here. And everyone's like, what did he tell you? And I was so, I was like speechless for like a good hour. I was just like, I, I don't I don't even know what to say. I don't know how to explain this. And this story was, I, I, I want to say, I want to say I was 13 years old. I want to say it was like in seventh grade when this happened. This was this was nuts. I'd never been approached by an adult like that, and this was insane. But it's one of the more memorable stories in brainy OBX history, and it was it's one of my favorites. It's it's always a good one to tell. So yeah, so I think that's it from the OBX this week. We got two more days. Um, you know, and then we head back on Saturday, and fortunately, I get to go home to a place that's pretty awesome, too. So even though we're leaving here, it's still the middle of July, the beginning of July, and uh, still going to go to the beach plenty in New Jersey, and uh, still having a lot of fun with this podcast. But I'll leave you with some parting words, and this is about vacations. And it's not about the days in your vacation. It's about the vacation in your days. And this was inspired by when Derek and I were talking about our cousin Brian who had to leave early but did a hella good job with the fishing, late night drinking, and yet being able to just power it all out in, in a three day span. I mean, it's not about how many days you're down here, it's about what you're doing when you're down here. Okay? So think about that when you go towards things because it's not just about vacation, it's about everything you do. Some some pretty inspiring words. It's not about the days in your vacation. It's about the vacation in your days. Okay? So that's it for this week. Be sure to follow me on Snapchat where I'll be highlighting the rest of the OBX vacation, uh, JakerBaker58, and also on Instagram and Twitter with the same accounts where this will be up. And 
uh, I'll show you how you can get a shirt and uh, there will be one free winner and if not we can still order uh, long sleeve and short sleeve white the Jake sheet shirts so uh, be sure to look out for those because you're gonna want to get these because right now there's only two in the world there's not unlimited shirts okay this is gonna be a limited time thing so you're gonna want to get it while you can next week on the Jake for episode 12 uh, the Bachelorette returns uh, from their vacation and we will go over that because we're approaching the hometowns and uh, and also Game of Thrones preview that's gonna be the bulk of the episode uh, we'll also talk a little bit about the MLB midseason report and the all-star weekend and I'll have my co-host and good friend Owen Stewart on where we will talk about all basically those three things. So be sure to check in next week for that. And until then, everyone, have a great 4th of July week. Hopefully work isn't bringing you down too much. Have a good one. See you next time.